Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is Lindsay Chepkema. She is the CEO of Casted. Hey, Lindsay, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited just to get to talk with you. I've seen you from afar for a while. Your product's all about podcasting, so I'm very interested in talking about this topic and how we can use it internally. But first, I need to make sure you are a real-life human and not a robot talking to us. So your capture question is, what is your favorite condiment or spice? Uh, Like Frank's Red Hot with buffalo sauce. Mm, all right. Yes. yes. Do you put it on everything or anything particular? It's funny because I think that the tagline is put that on everything, put that ish yeah. on everything yes um and i think that's neat so i i have i can't have dairy i like have dairy allergy but i love dairy so i like miss it uh-huh. and so i think that that helps make up for it because i can't have, i love i love ranch dressing and i love uh-huh. like sour cream and stuff but i'm like okay if i can at least have some spice so yeah i, I put it i put it on burger burgers and turkey burgers and chicken nuggets and yeah yeah it's it's surprisingly versatile there's something about like buffalo sauce that almost seems like it should be dairy. Like, I don't know if it's just that association with like blue cheese and stuff like that. You know, uh, see, that's that's kind of why I brought up the dairy thing is because I feel like it's somehow in a way that makes zero sense. It feels like yeah. a good replacement. It's like, well, I can't have the blue cheese, but I can have the, the buffalo sauce. So, yes. And I do not think there's a more human answer that you could have given to that question. So you are completely certified as a human, <laughs> especially with dairy allergies. Like, what more <sighs> sure. do you want? Okay. Yeah, it's very lame. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, let's jump into this. First, tell us a little bit about Casted, a little bit of the story behind that. Yeah, so my background um, in my career is is marketing. So I spent 15 years as a marketer, you know, progressively from, you know, marketing manager and generalist all the way on up to right before starting Casted. I was um, a VP of marketing um, for a global enterprise SaaS company where I was brought in specifically to build up and lead a content marketing team strategy function and and really build up the brand. Um, And so in doing that, long story short, part of part of the strategy and and effort to build connections with our audience, um, both internally and externally, which I think we're going to talk about today, um, launched podcasts and a video series. So it's audio and video content. So, hey, this is the best way to reach our audience. This is what's going to be most engaging. It also gives us a way to tap into the expertise of others, not just for the show, but really to fuel other content too. And then it'll make writing blog posts easier and articles easier and getting in the hands of our sales team easier. Um, we were right. It was, it was effective. That was, that's the upside. The downside was that was there, there was no software to do what I needed to do as this marketing leader. I, I couldn't get something in the hands of my sales of my marketing team to be able to do what I was asking them to do. So we had to piecemeal together solutions and, you know, tools. And that made it really hard for them. It impossible to measure what we were doing uh, in a way that was relevant at all or you know consistent. It was all very cumbersome, but it worked, right? So uh, fast forward, I, I set out to be the change I wanted to see. I left that role and started Casted. Um, it was a little over two years ago, and uh, it aims to to do just that, to take um, audio and video content, uh, make it easy for marketing teams to use it as the center of their like sales and marketing strategy and really amplify the voices of experts. 
Excellent. And it's fun to be in this world to talk about podcasting, to be in a place where it's like the essence of live audio. We, as the digital age blossomed, we had all this text that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then the video came in. It seems like we skipped over audio and now we're trying to like <laughs> add it back in. And it's just been, it's really fun to, to see how it's blossomed and grown. Uh, I want you to tell a little bit about your story within your own team internally. Like how many employees are you at right now or how have you built that team? Yeah, we are at 30 today. Um, and I say that having just brought in several people. So uh, a couple months ago, we were at 20. Um, so we've grown very quickly. Um, and it's, you know, right now we're all here in uh, the Indianapolis area. So we're all, mm-hmm. even though we're we're still remote, we're still distributed thanks to the pandemic, um, we are all physically here. And so we're planning to go back to an office um, as soon as we find one, probably later, later in the summer, early fall. Hopefully there'll be some ones around. You would think that it shouldn't be too difficult. Yes. Spending the right space. That's what I should say. Spending the right office space. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk, because one thing we often talk about is things that you get in the office for free that you don't realize. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we talk about culture. Like you just throw people in an office and culture develops. As a leader, you don't have to like see that. It just kind of happens. Yeah. A lot of times collaboration in the same way. You just throw people in and if they need each other, they're right there. You don't have to facilitate that or, or set up things around it. And another one is like communication, announcements, alignment, um, letting people know where you are on the strategy path. It's another thing that if everyone's there, it's a small team, you're all in the same place, like you, it just comes with the package uh, of the office. Yeah. But when you're distributed, when you're kind of pulled apart, and as your team grows in numbers, all those things get harder to do and you have to kind of work at it more. So tell us what it's been like for you, you know, going from one or two up to 10 to 20, now 30. What's that been like to, and especially in this remote setup, to keep everyone aligned, to keep the communication lines open? Yeah. Well, I preface this with, you would have to ask the team that same exact question to know if anything that I'm about to tell you has worked or been received by them. And I certainly hope so. But um, yeah, so we kind of full picture, um, we're two years old, uh, going into the pandemic, we had 10 people, right? And we had just hired eight, nine, and 10. So we had been you know, living and breathing as a team of seven for quite a while, right. quite a while, it was not even a year. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but we could all be in a room. It's actually about the size of the room that I'm in right now. And we're all kind of working in this one room and I could be like, Hey, everyone, we're doing this. And people would be like, okay. Yeah. Um, and you would, one thing, um, to, that I would add to your list, which kind of fits into one of the other buckets is just learning by osmosis. Like if you're yep. literally all sitting in a room, you can hear this, like the, the person who is working on code can literally hear the sales meeting and turn around and be like, I hear you saying that a lot. I feel like maybe that's something that we should solve for. Like that does not happen when we're all. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we went from that environment where everything, everyone was literally all together and everyone was seven, seven to 10 people to just like the rest of the world, you know, overnight being scattered. And I will say that the work that we, in hindsight, the work that we had done to be really intentional about that culture uh, of collaboration, but autonomy, caring for each other, letting, you know, showing up for each other, um, shared vision, shared passion. Really, I saw it come into, uh, come into play instantaneously at the beginning of the pandemic, because, you know, we were all very uncertain. You remember, we were were all there. It was very uncertain. How long is this going to last? You know, what do you need? Do you need to step away? I got you. Like I have you covered if you need to take some time. And 
Um, and that persisted and that, that became a part, a very apparent part of our culture as well. You know, um, you need to take time off. Time off might be literally go for a walk. It might be take a week. Um, and that has become a big part of our culture. It's something that we said before, but now it's, it's, it's so much more in everyone's face that like, I need, I need to step back. I, I need to take care of me. We need to take care of each other. Um, and now that we're going, you know, so we spent most of the pandemic, um, you know, going from 10 to 20 and a good, a good mm-hmm. chunk of that, of that time, we were at 20 people. And now that we're going from 20 to now at 30 and we're growing, you know, a few more probably over the next few weeks, um, we're headed back to an office space at the end of this summer, as I mentioned. And I really want to make sure that we are still showing up for each other, still have autonomy with collaboration, still, you know, take care of each other personally and professionally, give each other what we need, give each other the space, encourage people to um, take the time that they need so that when we have really big lofty goals, as I'm sure a lot of people that are listening do, and you can relate, when you, when your team shows up, you need them to show up, which means that you also need them to step back. So yeah, I, I think just, saying that over and over again and then leading by example and making sure that people know that it's not just lip service and that it's truly, you know, what you mean as, as a leader and that it's part of the business. It's, it's very important. So when you're sitting there in your home on your own, there's no one else around you and you realize, oh, like something just went off in your head that you realize, okay, this is a shift, something important there. Normally, or back in an office setting, you would have had people around you, you might have been discussing it and it clicks for everybody at the same time. But here mm-hmm. it's just for you. Or maybe you have a new product that, or a new feature in your product that you want to announce and get out, not to yeah. the world, but even just to internally. Like most of us kind of just default to saying, okay, Slack message, here you go. This happened. I had this thought, go see what we talk about it. Mm-hmm. How would you rank that in terms of how effective that is? And what are some ways that we're missing out on other media we can use for it? Yeah, so... Effectiveness, I think it all depends. I mean, this is the marketer in me saying, know your audience and, you know, who's it for? Why are you doing it? And so, yeah, some things can and should be a Slack message as opposed to something much bigger that's going to take a lot of people's time. But um, one thing that we've been doing more of that is very fitting for who we are and what we do and I've seen others do the same is, is podcasts. And how can you record how can you record what you want people to know and let them absorb it asynchronously, asynchronously so that you're not, you don't have to be in a zoom room. You don't have to, you know, wait until you can physically convene in a park somewhere to share big news. Like, um, when we do, um, our board meetings, I do a little podcast for the board and they can consume that first. And then we have our meeting, right? So it's, it's that prep work beforehand. And, um, as we have, things internally um quite often we will you know record whether it's a meeting or um quite often i'll kind of think out loud and record it and then share it with other team members so they can do with it what they need to do and then we can kind of discuss later but i think that that's a really important um tool that we all have in our toolbox that more have been tapping into and i think that if you're not you absolutely should be which is how can i how can I capture my thoughts? It doesn't have to be writing. I don't have to write an eloquent, you know, memo or white paper or something, but there's, especially for you know founders and people that are thinking about business all the time, how can you capture your thoughts, you know, just speaking into GarageBand on your computer or, you know, a voice memo thing on your phone and share that with the team and say, Hey, this is, this is my thoughts on X, Y, and Z or this project we're doing on this campaign that we're doing. Please take this, listen to it sometime over the next couple of days, and then let's come back and talk about it or let's you know, keep going on that project. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. You mentioned about like your board meetings, you mm-hmm. send 
a podcast ahead of time. Why is it that you prefer audio in that situation and that you wouldn't type up notes and send those ahead of time? Like, why do you make that decision? Yeah, I do both. But I think specifically to answer your question, um, audio, I mean, people are listening to your show right now. And it's because audio content in particular, audio and video, but specifically thinking about audio, first of all, it can be consumed anytime. So my, the example of the board, they literally can go for a walk if they're riding in their car, if they're, you know, kind of tying up some loose ends, they can hear hear me, my voice and the passion behind the words that I'm saying as they are doing something else, as opposed yep. to words on a page sitting in front of their computer. It And because of that, it creates a connection between the person speaking into the microphone and the person listening to that recording that doesn't happen otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. You're actually hearing to the intonation of my voice, you're hearing my excitement about the things that I'm sharing or my concern about the things that I'm sharing. Um, and you're doing it, you are consuming it when you are not sitting at your computer reading a memo. And so and there's, it's fun, there's, there's like studies about the neuroscience behind it, that this is, it's actually a thing. It actually creates different connections. It triggers different parts of your brain. And there's, there's trust built there. There's, a, there's a connection and relationship established when you listen to audio content. And so especially when you're thinking about how do I connect how do I build trust in my team? How do I make sure that not only I'm disseminating a message, but that they really they hear they hear me? They don't just collect information, but they really hear what I'm trying to convey. Uh, whether that's your team, your board, uh, or anyone in, otherwise, audio content is a really really good way to go because it just um, it it just establishes a different kind of connection. Yeah, totally agree. There are some people who write extremely well, like you said, to have certain kind of eloquence or are able to communicate some of that emotion and some of that intonation through their writing, but very few. Mm -hmm. And you're still asking someone to read it. Like that's the thing, even if you're the, you know, you're a very prolific writer. Um, it's, it's, it's even that much more of a talent to be able to be a prolific writer in a very succinct way. And, and also you're asking the other piece person to like be in the frame of mind that they're going to be able to read it, read it well. Yeah. And like you said, audio is the only media I can think about that you do consume. You can't actually multitask. Like we talk about mm-hmm. that a lot um, that, you know, don't multitask. It's just not possible. You can't do it. Like, except for like listening to audio, like then you can yeah. be doing something else at the same time. Now it's hard. Maybe like I, I find it difficult to maybe write or create media and listen at the same time, but other things I can do. Same, same, same. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating thing. I think as we think about just the nature of media and, and communicating with your teams internally, with your board and with other people who are around you, again, reading the room, figure out what you need to do. We had Nancy yeah. Duarte on before and she was talking about how like this is the big communicator dilemma for the next decade yeah. is not just about, hey, here are my slides. It's like, wait a second, do I even need slides? Mm-hmm. What should I do with this? Should this be audio only? Should I add some video? What's video going to add that audio doesn't add? Should I be live? Should this just be a quick message? Like it's, it's a lot yeah. to go through. And yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you make those decisions, especially when you're communicating with your team. Yeah. I think that there's a certain amount of, uh, yes. Um, what am I trying to communicate? Who am I communicating with? Like there are some things that should be a meeting. There are some that should be an email, you know, as we all know, there are some that should be a Slack message or some that it, it's worth actually making a podcast out of. So that's, let's just like preface it with that. But I think generally speaking, um, 
what I like to do is lead with the type of communication that works best for me, because then the message that I'm intending is going to be that much more natural if I'm using the, the mode that's most natural to me, whether I feel like, gosh, I could say this so much better than I could write it or vice versa. So I like to start there, but then go a couple steps further and say, okay, but I can't, if this is really important, um, like going into a board meeting or rolling out some big initiative with the team let's give them a couple other ways to consume it too. Okay. So here's, let's just assume that, that my, which it is my, the most natural thing to me is what we're doing right now is to talk through it. No. I should also write up some notes, pull up some key takeaways, which actually is that much easier if you've already done it your most natural way. Let's say it's vice versa and your most natural mode of communication is written, write out what you want to say, um, plan to send that along, but then also perhaps record a little takeaway or, you know, if, if a sketch of a framework makes sense, think about what what's one or two other ways that I could communicate this if it's really that important so that I can make sure that I am communicating it most naturally to me and also giving others on my team or whoever I'm working with the way, the options for how to consume it in a way that's most natural to them. Definitely makes a lot of sense. When I think about what I put out there in a written standpoint, like if you were to read an article I wrote on our website, mm-hmm. like, that is one thought that takes me, you know, hours and hours to come through, figure out, rearrange, put back together. So I, I put so much thought in there that, you know, then when it comes out, like it's, it's heavily processed in that way. And sometimes that's a good thing to put out there. It's something public or something you really want to get right and put out there. And sometimes like it's good for people to hear you working out things out loud and, and go through that too. So yeah, I would imagine like in your job, like what's one situation where like when you're communicating with your team, internal messages, branding, like you want to get this perfect and you don't want to slip up and say it. Cause again, audio, you can't just like backspace. It's out there. People hear it versus. So one thing that you want to get perfect versus, Hey, I I want us all to talk out loud about this so we can work at it together. Yeah. Um, I think, so we're, as part of what we're, we're building around casted, we're also creating a category, right? Um, not cause it's fun, not cause it's easy. Cause it certainly is not, mm-hmm. but anytime I go to, especially to the team at, at large, it's not like, Hey, I'm brainstorming with this person, or this is a specific session, but like the team at large, I, I try really hard to think through what I'm going to say first, because otherwise it'd be really confusing. Like if they hear yep. me, you know, um, verbally brainstorming, like with myself or thinking out loud, they're going to be like, wait but I thought it was this, but then you just said it was this. And, yeah, yeah. but you just, you just said it's our top priority twice about two different things. Like I'm very confused and this seems very important. So I think as the, as the complexity and importance of something increases, the time you need to spend on it also needs to increase. And that's a right. given, but you know, somebody might be hearing us talk to this and be like, I don't have time. I don't have time to think it's spent hours and hours on, on things that, do you have time not to like if something really is that important it's how much more time would you spend undoing confusion or having to repeat what you said or redo what you communicated if you don't put the time in and the effort in ahead of time to make sure you you get it right you give people different ways to consume it you make sure it's what you want to say um what's the cost of not doing it right Lindsay, let's close out on this topic about, you know, talked about creating a new topic or creating a new category, which is hard enough to do like with your customers mm-hmm. for people to get out there, but you're also hiring people who may not have any context and you have to convince them of what you're doing to get them to understand things. When you have something so big and complex that you want to share with them, what media do you find is best to kind of get them on board, get them 
teach them the story, teach them what you're doing, get them to see all that stuff? What have you found to be the most effective? So most effective mode of communication for that, for me, is life. Like exactly what we're doing right now. And mm-hmm. I've had to get really comfortable. And as a marketer and a marketing leader, I think we're all very comfortable repeating ourselves. Like we all know. We all know in our heads. You have to say it. You have to tell me what you're going to say. You have to say it. You have to tell them what you told them. You have to say it again. But when you're telling something um, like about you know, category creation and this is how and this is why and this is the problem that exists and this is how we're solving it and this is the opportunity ahead, you're going to say it over and over and over and over. Um, and that's okay because people, it's something that's so natural to us, you know, as, as founders and as leaders, we're living it and breathing it every day. And if you remember that everybody on your team is not, and so yeah. you have to say it over and over again. And I think that live just conversation, you know, someday we'll all be back in a room, but for now, you know, hopping on a zoom call and be like, Hey, welcome to the team. Just want to give you some background. Like this is the origin story. This is where we're going. This is this category creation thing. This is what it is. This is why we're doing it and giving them the chance to process it and ask a lot of questions live. And I think second best to that is giving the opportunity to consume a recording, just like we talked about, because then they can hear the passion. They can, their their eyes aren't going to glaze over as they try to read through a 5, 10, 20 page document. They're actually going to hear, you know, the fire and the passion and the excitement in your voice as you share something that's really important. Yeah. And if I'm coming in without much experience in B2B podcast marketing type stuff like that, it may take me a week to figure out what the heck you're talking about anyway. Exactly. A live conversation might be lost at the first part, but if I can like go back to it again and relive it and be like, oh, now I get it. Or at least now I'm to the next part of it. Like that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Because again, there's, while the subject matter, the content, the actual topic might be lost on you or you, you know, I might lose you. I, I might be sit, you know, speaking something that feels like another language. But because of what we talked about before, as far as audio content has that ability to just connect, right? And if, you know, speaking about people on my team, if I'm sharing something about, you know, content creation or some big thing that we're doing, even if I lose them on the content, if they feel connected to me and they, and that instills more trust in me, then they'll come back to me and they'll ask questions and we'll be a safe place to say, Hey, Lindsay, you kind of lost me. Or what did you mean when you said this? Or, you know, the next time that I dive into that same topic, they'll, they'll get it that much more and they'll be that much more likely to listen um, whereas, you know, if you instill a culture of like, here's the memo, here's the memo, here's the memo, are people going to keep trying to dive in and make sense of it themselves? And it is a tough world to be a leader in these days. I feel like, and one big takeaway I'm taking from this conversation is just that, like, if you're going to be a leader, like you got to understand marketing, like you said, your background is helping you in this because you think about your team, not just as, Hey, the people that work for me and here's what you need to know. Like you're thinking about your, they're your audience too, and, and how mm-hmm. you're communicating with them. And that it's not just one medium. You got lots of things at your disposal and learning to work with those things. It's it's a it's a new world for digital leaders out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that way, but I, I like that. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well, we look to people like you to lead us in these conversations, let us know kind of what, what we're missing and how we can move forward with that. So we really appreciate you being on the show, teaching us what you know, and we look forward to connecting with you again and, and deepening this conversation. Sounds good. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.